Welcome to the Web of Tomorrow. I'm Adam Harris. Today I'm talking with Andrew Jensen. He's a software engineer at Domo, where I work, and we're going to talk about the Internet of Things and software slash hardware project he's worked on in the past and a little bit about how to get started with hardware and software. Hey, Andrew, how's it going? Hey, good. How are you doing? Good. Uh, welcome to the show. Well, thanks very much. It's good to be here. So we're going to talk about hardware and software stuff. Um, I know you've done some of that. So we, we, we've worked for like a year or so together at Domo. And uh, I mean, you're, I'm on a different team now. And you're on a different team too, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess we've both been kind of shuffled around recently. Yeah, but we, we've had some, uh, I think, cool conversations about this type of stuff. So what what's like your background in hardware stuff? Uh, so my background in hardware stuff is is really mostly as a hobbyist. Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a software guy too, uh, and I've been doing web for a long time. Uh, but in terms of hardware, uh, I'm a hobbyist, and, uh, and so is my dad. He kind of got me into it. Um, uh, let's see, he's, he's been doing it for a long time. And in high school, I guess he, he showed me a few books and, uh, showed me some, uh, some circuits that he had designed for fun on, uh, breadboards and perf board. Uh, and I, I didn't think much of it at the time. Uh, I had a brother or two that were pretty interested in it and they spent some time on it. Uh, but it wasn't until really kind of the last year or two. Uh, that I've really um, started into doing a lot more hardware projects in my free time. So that's cool. You've got like brothers and your dad that are also programmers. Uh, yeah. So I have uh, some. Uh, I'm the oldest of four boys, and it's great because we're all nerds. <laughs> um, so my dad uh, is a software engineer as well, uh, and tinkers with hardware in his free time. Uh, I've got a brother that studied bioinformatics, and so. He's crazy because he knows uh, he knows everything from programming to the human genome to huh. biology. <laughs> uh, another brother that's uh, studying accounting, but he he tried some things. And, uh, and then uh, and then my youngest brother, uh, I'm, he's still in high school, but I'm trying to groom him to be a, an electrical engineer. We'll see what happens. Oh, cool! <laughs> that sounds pretty fun. So, uh, what? Uh, let's start off with what what is Internet of Things. That's one of the things we want to talk about is Internet of Things. Yeah. So I think it's worth saying at first that uh, uh, the phrase Internet of Things is a little bit of a buzzword. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it sounds fancier than maybe it really is, um, but, but the concept is still very cool. Um, we call it the Internet of Things because, uh, you know, phase one of the Internet was a bunch of computers plugged in together to the mm -hmm. Internet. And it was you know, big mainframes, and then it was personal computers, and now it's laptops and smartphones. Um, but, I mean, those are, like, dedicated computing devices that we use, um, and they all talk to each other over the Internet. And whenever we had other devices plugged in, those were peripherals. Like, we would plug in some extra thing to our computer to the Internet. Mm. Um, whereas the Internet of Things is this kind of second wave of devices that are connected directly to the Internet rather than being peripherals for computers. So that's where we're seeing things like thermostats and cameras and uh, door locks and all kinds of things that have direct um, internet connectivity. 
Yeah, that's pretty cool because used to, there we used to have cam- we've had cameras on our computers for a long time, but they were always plugged into a computer that was connected to the internet, and now we have cameras that just connect directly to the internet themselves. Right, right. Speaking of peripherals, do you do you remember this thing that was like shaped like a cat? So like you had a mouse already, so they made this other thing that was a cat, but it, you would use it to like scan barcodes. <laughs> Oh, you would scan barcodes with it? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think I remember that. I'm going to have to go Google that. Yeah, it was weird. I remember this like handheld game that I got one time. It was called Scanners with a Z. And it, it was like this like Tamagotchi-style thing. This little LCD display was on it. Yeah. And you would scan barcodes at the store. Oh. And then the barcodes would like turn into monsters and you could battle <laughs> them. It was so, so cool. So it actually had very little to do with the actual barcode. Yeah, the barcode was really just like a hash code that decided which monster it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great game, though. Cool. So uh, what what kind of uh, things have you built? Um, so I've, I've done a couple of kind of fun uh, side projects. Uh, so one of them that I've kind of started but I want to spend some more time on uh, is called Arcade Commander. Um, and Arcade Commander is kind of a combination of of a, a command line interface and uh, and then some buttons okay. that are plugged in really as a, as a peripheral to the computer. Um, it turns out you can find really cool um, arcade buttons on a lot of different websites. Um, sparkfun.com is a good one. Adafruit.com is a good one. Um, and so you can actually buy the same kind of buttons that are in like arcade games that you would find in an arcade. Awesome. Um, and so these giant red and blue buttons that you can mash really hard with your thumb. Uh, and so, uh, so, so what I did in this project is I took two buttons, wired them up to an Arduino, and then the Arduino connects to my computer through USB, uh, and it sends serial messages back and forth uh, when, I, when I press those buttons. Uh, and then what I do is I've got a, a CLI tool that uh, starts listening for those serial messages, and then... It, it can relay it to kind of whatever I want it to be. So, for example, I can uh, uh, I can press the button and run my unit tests uh, mm. in one of my terminal tabs. Uh, I can press the button and deploy my code or, you know, git push, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like if, I, if I can run it as a terminal command, I can do it from a giant arcade button. Awesome. So do you, do you have to have the terminal open already or can you be... In Chrome and just push the button. Uh, no, you have to have the terminal running. Okay. Cool. So, what what kind of plans do you have for this? Um, I think it would be really cool in the future to build a whole um, kind of relay system for this thing, so that messages come in and you have a, a server that's running in your terminal um, that picks up those messages, and then you can register new things that. Uh, uh, that respond to those messages. And so, uh, for example, if I want to do something in Chrome, then Chrome would connect onto that server, and then I could use my arcade buttons to step through my JavaScript debugger um, <laughs> yeah. in the browser. Or I could, oh, I don't know, I could like add add this page to my favorites or um, save it on Pocket or Evernote or something like that. Yeah, that would be cool. So what kind of hardware exactly did you use to build this besides the buttons? Sure. So uh, so I used those arcade buttons 
but the microcontroller I used, um, it wasn't actually a, a name brand Arduino microcontroller. It was actually something called Teensy. Um, and Teensy is this other controller uh, made by somebody else. Uh, it, it works with all of the Arduino things, like it works with their IDE and their tool chain for putting code onto the device. Um, but it's got a couple of other really cool features. Uh, for example, right out of the box, a Teensy microcontroller can work as a couple different kinds of devices. Hmm. Like it can, it can work as HID, which is human interface device. And that's the same protocol that a mouse or a keyboard or a joystick uses. Okay. So you can just, you know, choose that in a context menu and, you know, save it to your Teensy. And, and for all your computer knows, you have an extra keyboard plugged in. Okay. So, so a lot of these kind of indie uh, mechanical keyboard companies will actually build using Teensy microcontrollers. Yeah, yeah. I've got an Ergodox that's made with a Teensy. Okay, yeah. Ergodox keyboard. Um, Do you happen to know what kind of Teensy it is? Uh, no, I don't. I didn't know there's different kinds. Yeah, so not, not quite as many kinds as the Arduino. There are probably a dozen or more kinds of Arduino dev boards, and they're all a little different from each other. Um, the Teensy, there are kind of two main types. Um, and the main uh, the main Teensy microcontroller uh, is really along a single like versioning pattern. So right now it's the Teensy. Oh, let me double check. Yeah, it's it's on the the 3.x uh, version right now. Um, and they just released the 3.5 and the 3.6, which are really cool. Um, and they're they're really pretty powerful machines. Hmm. Uh, and then there's the Teensy LC. And the Teensy LC is a lot cheaper, but it doesn't have as much processing power. Uh, it doesn't, uh, it, it's got a slower CPU. Um, and it doesn't have as many GPIO pins as well. Hmm. Okay. But for your small projects like Arcade Commander, Teensy LC works really well. So uh, what else have you worked on? Uh, so one other project that I've kind of started, uh, it is more of an IoT project, uh, and it was actually teaming up with my dad. So uh, fun, you know, father-son activity, mm -hmm. built some family unity. Um, we're calling it MIDI Techno Lights, which mm -hmm. is great. Um, so MIDI, uh, you might have heard of MIDI before, but it's a, it's a protocol that uh, musical instruments use. Mm -hmm. um, and so synthesizers and drum machines and uh, controllers, uh, they all speak this common protocol of MIDI. And there are these, uh, these round cables with five pins that plug into all your devices and they can send MIDI messages back and forth. And you can also do MIDI over USB because really MIDI is just uh, a way of sending messages. It's just a protocol. Yeah, yeah, um, I, did, I would, did, wasn't even aware that it was a type of cable. But yeah, yeah. I, see, I, I see a picture of it, and it looks a lot like a... Is it a standard microphone cable, or is it a little different? I think a standard microphone cable only has three prongs, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, so this, yeah, this kind of cable is called a DIN, a D-I-N cable, and it's got five. Uh, and there are even some other types of devices that use DIN cables, like... Um, what is it called? DMX lighting, uh, like when you see the fancy lights on mm. on stage for performances. That usually is uh, is using the same kind of cables, okay. and they use kind of a similar message format. 
So MIDI, since it's this, it's this format that's really easy to send messages back and forth between musical instruments, uh, it, it's a good protocol uh, to use when you're performing music. Um, but then you can turn it into other protocols. Hmm. And so um, I play electronic music, and uh, I wanted to have a way to control lights from my music. So that when the music changes, maybe it gets louder or softer, mm. or the, the tone changes, so it's buzzier versus more muffled, or all those kinds of things. Um, I wanted the lights to respond to that. Mm. And so what I did is I wrote, um, I wrote a script in Node that would take MIDI messages from my, uh, my music program, Ableton Live. It would take those MIDI messages, and then it would reconvert them into API calls. And it would send those API calls to a Philips Hue base station. And ah. so I could change the color of Philips Hue bulbs uh, from my music program. Cool. So how many bulbs can it con control? Uh, really, it can control as many as you can pair to a base station. Are they all, are they all doing different things or are they all doing the same thing? Uh, they could all do different things, really. Okay. Cool. So right now, is it just with uh, Philips Hue or can you... Let's just like plug it into something else. Uh, for now, it's just Philips Hue. Cool. Um, but yeah, what we built so far is kind of a it's kind of a base library. So that MIDI comes in, and then there's an API, or, or we we wrote an adapter around the Philips Hue API, hmm. uh, so that you can write some code on top of that to decide what your specific song does or what you, you know what you want to do with the lights. So it has uh, like different options. Yeah, and then I think we could we could grow that so that you could swap out Philips Hue for some other kind of light bulbs, or you could use one of those LED strips that are uh, becoming really popular right now. Cool. Um, what else? Let's see. So another fun project that I did uh, was it also had to do with the MIDI protocol, uh, <laughs> and, and it, um, I'm calling it MIDI clock triggers. Okay. And it's not clock triggers in the musical sense where, like, oh, there's a metronome that's running. It, it literally has to do with the clock, like the time of day. Um, and this goes back to a time when I was living in this student apartment. Uh, it, was a, it was a very cheap, really <laughs> lousy apartment. <laughs> and uh, I was up on the third floor with my friends, and we were in apartment number 17. Okay. And we said, hey, we should, uh, we should like throw a dance party for like all of our friends in the neighborhood. Um, and so, you know, that's fun. People do that. But we thought, well, it's, it's not gimmicky enough. Yeah, like we need to find some other funny things to do with this. And so I said, hey, we're in apartment number 17. What if we had a dance party that was exactly 17 minutes long? Hmm. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and, and so we, you know, we wrote some software so that we could do that. <laughs> Naturally, that's what you do when you want to throw a party. Yeah, yeah. Write some software. <laughs> it's a good party trick, like knowing <laughs> how to program computers. <laughs> so yeah, um, it, and the reason that's fun is because when you when you go to some dance party, you don't want to be there for an hour or two hours. You get tired. Yeah. You know, like twenty or thirty minutes is a great amount of time, and you know, seventeen is. You know, the 17 is just so significant that we had to use 17 minutes as the cutoff. <laughs> okay. So are, are you uh, using this for a company holiday party tonight? <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we could throw an after party up in Salt Lake. <laughs> yeah. 
be kind of fun. So, okay, what does it do exactly with it? Yeah. 17 minutes? Is just playing music for 17 minutes? Uh, no, so it's another adapter, kind of like the MIDI techno lights were. Um, so the MIDI techno lights were MIDI comes in and then uh, HTTP requests come out. Okay. Uh, this is actually the opposite where um, the time of day comes in okay. and then MIDI messages go out. Um, and so that way I could use my same uh, audio program, Ableton Live. Um, and when when the clock struck 10 o'clock sharp, <laughs> um, then that script would trigger a MIDI message that would go to my music program and it would press play on the first track. And okay. then I could start live DJing from there. Mm. Um, and so that way, that, that script was synchronized perfectly to my computer, which was synchronized to the atomic clock. And so I, I knew with you know a fairly, uh, a fairly low tolerance in terms of time that it was exactly 10 p.m. when it started. Yeah. Uh, and then when it was time to stop at exactly 10, 17 p.m., uh, then you know, the, the clock triggered that MIDI message and the MIDI message went to Ableton Live, and Ableton Live muted the master track. So all of a sudden, it was, <laughs> you know, this big song was building up and building up and building up, and the you know the bass was going to drop or whatever, and then the audio just cut out <laughs> right at ten seventeen. <laughs> wow! Then uh, everyone went home, or yeah, that was it. Everybody was kind of confused for just a second, <laughs> and then they realized that oh, like they. <laughs> Andrew and his friends weren't kidding when they said they were going to do an exactly <laughs> 17 minute long dance party. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Cool. Um, yeah, I've, I've really been meaning to get more into electronics, so it's, it's cool to, to see what kind of things people have been working on. Yeah, absolutely. I've got, I've got a raspberry Pi, I've got an Arduino and I've got a particle.io photon. Oh Which, yeah, the photon is really cool because it connects to the internet over Wi-Fi, and then they also sell one that can connect with uh, 3G. Oh, that's really cool. Anything else you want to say? Uh, sure. So we've we've talked a little bit about different kinds of development boards, right? We've talked about Arduino, TNC is a close relative. Uh, we talked about photon and a little bit about Raspberry Pi. Um, I think there are a lot of other things that kind of go into working on hardware. There's there's just so much. I mean, it's an entire field, right? And most of us that are interested in IoT as hobbyists come from a software background. And so we're less likely to know things about resistors and capacitors and transistors and yeah. op-amp and all that. Yeah. Um, and so I think um, it, it can be kind of overwhelming at first to know where to get started once, once you go past just a single microcontroller with some buttons. Um, but I think um, some of the really great places where you can learn are the blogs from SparkFun and Adafruit. Those are both really good. Okay. Um, often you can find really good tutorials on Instructables. Um, that's a really cool website where people will post projects that they've built and they'll walk you through step-by-step -step how to actually recreate what they've done. Okay. Um, and there are also plenty of really good YouTube channels. Uh, one of my favorites, since I do music, uh, is this channel called Notes and Volts. Mm. Um, and there's this guy that uh, he teaches you how to build a MIDI controller. So there are a bunch of buttons and, and knobs, and then those will send MIDI messages into your music program so that you mm. can use it to control your music. 
Um, and he, he actually walks through some of the circuitry beneath it. So rather than just, oh, okay, you need to buy these things, uh, solder them together like this, he, he kind of explains, here's why you need this. And it's really cool. He does a really good job. Awesome. Yeah, I've, uh, I've been going through a book called Make Electronics, which takes you from the very basics all the way through building your own circuits and soldering onto a board and stuff like that. Oh, that's really cool. And, and Make is a really good publisher. Like, yeah. They find some really good authors, and uh, their books tend to be really high quality. Yeah, and they even sell kits that give you the exact parts you need to build the stuff in the book. Yeah, and that's, that is an awesome way to get started with some more in-depth uh, hardware things. Because buying components online can feel a little overwhelming when you come to a, yeah. when you come to like a, a manufacturer or a, or a reseller like DigiKey or Mouser. Like you can buy anything on there, but it's, yeah. it's kind of scary when you look at their tables. Oh, yeah. There's just so much. So, yeah, kits are a really good way to go if you want to get started. Yeah, yeah, I've liked it so far. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Well, thanks very much. This was awesome.